Welcome to Puritans Read, reading aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 16 of The Wiles of Satan by William Spurstow. Device 15. The fifteenth while of Satan is to make false syllogisms by which he works upon the guilt of conscience, and this consists in laying to our charge sins of omission or commission in which the major or minor premise is false. He will lay to our charge many particular sins and corruptions committed by us, such as pride, hypocrisy, self-interest, and many duties omitted or overtly done, which temptation, if drawn in a syllogism, either the first or second proposition is false. For example, he in whom such a sin reigns as hypocrisy is, is not the child of God, but such a one are you, therefore, You are not a child of God. The minor premise here many times is false. It is true. A child of God cannot be a hypocrite, but he may have hypocrisy in him. The best way, therefore, to resist this temptation is to examine whether hypocrisy reigns in you. But Satan will press you on this by aggravating the evil and underrating the good so that he may bring men into trouble. Sometimes he makes false major premises such as to relapse into the same sin is not compatible with grace. And for the examination he gives false rules and standards to judge by. Thus he troubles weak Christians, about their graces and comforts by false syllogisms. He aggravates their imperfections in the former, tells them what falls they catch when they would run, what distractions they meet with when they most intend their minds, and asks how God's pure eye could behold these things with delight. Now, to discover the fallacy of this argument, you must know that we are not to place the strength of our confidence in our own righteousness, as if it would abide the severity of God's trial. For how can man be justified with God? Job 25.4 So, The perfection of our righteousness is not to be measured by the perfectness of the work, but by the uprightness of the will and the sincerity of the endeavor in aspiring towards perfection. Every failing does not make a man a hypocrite. Jehoshaphat had many failings. He made a league of amity with Ahab, Second Chronicles 18.3. He went to Ramoth-Gilead with him, notwithstanding Micaiah's prophet against it, 
Second Chronicles eighteen twenty seven through twenty eight. Though reproved by Jehu the prophet, he joined in a special league with Ahaziah, Ahab's son. Second Chronicles twenty thirty five. He bestowed his son upon Ahab's daughter. Second Chronicles twenty one six. And yet, God reckons him to be a holy man. First Kings twenty two forty three. It is said, He turned not aside from that which was right in the sight of the Lord. If therefore obedience is interrupted, do not cast away your confidence. If any man sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. You have to do with a God who will make your works at last more than at first. So, in point of comfort, Satan argues, if you had faith, you would have joy and peace, but you have no joy, therefore you have no faith. First Peter 1.8 says, Believing ye rejoice. Now to answer this, we are to know that faith is the root upon which all true joy grows. It is the flower whereof that is the stalk, but it is not always to be found flourishing upon it. There are three seasons when joy is most eminent and when God most abundantly dispenses it. In young Christians, in lambs whom he carries in his bosom, Isaiah forty eleven with joy and comfort that they may be strengthened. God would not carry Israel by the way of the Philistines, Exodus thirteen seventeen, lest the people see war and repent. After great storms, God makes broken bones to rejoice, Psalm 51, 8. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones thou hast broken may rejoice. After storms come the greatest calms. After his children have been in the depths, he gives the greatest exaltations. When God calls men to witness his truth. In Acts twenty-seven twenty-three, when Paul was to appear before Caesar, God sent an angel to comfort him. We must consider that there may be the root when there is not the fruit. That which faith is to look at is what the gospel reveals. Now the gospel does not reveal that we shall have no sorrow or trouble, but that the covenant of peace shall not be removed from us. Isaiah 54, 10. Device 16. The 16th device of Satan is to persuade Christians whom he thus afflicts to heed his counsel. So as either through shame or fear, they dare say nothing. Some men who have foul diseases would rather die than tell the physician. They are like the Lacedaemonian boy who allowed the fox to eat out his bowels and would not reveal it. So many suffer temptations to eat out their hearts. Thus Satan wounds 
and would not have Christians complain. He tempts and solicits and would not have Christians to ask counsel. So many times the burden falls heavier and the wound smarts all the more. Whereas if experienced Christians were acquainted with them, it might be a help to them. As wind stifled in the bowels of the earth shakes it, but finding passage does no harm. So oftentimes the very opening the devil's temptations is enough to scatter them. We should, therefore, seek remedy by communicating our grief to wise Christians who will pray for us and not deride us. Do not gratify sin in that which it loves so well, which is to be concealed and hidden. Device 17. Satan assaults us in such temptations wherein we least suspect ourselves and to which perhaps neither constitution nor any custom of ours carries us, but only the present occasion draws forth our corruption. Thus, men who are many times by nature patient and exceeding caring are yet suddenly transported into becoming cruel. Thus, Theodosius, the emperor, upon a mere passion, one of his soldiers suffering an injury, put to death at least 3,000 in Thessalonica. Some of the ancients are of the opinion that the devil stirred up the Israelites to make the golden calf so that he might put Moses in a heat, who was the meekest man, that he might break the tables of the law and might not reprove their sin. Therefore, suspect yourselves prone to every sin. Do not repose anything upon constitution or temperament. Device 18. Satan assaults by giving hopes of returning out of sin by a speedy repentance and a timely revocation. But where is the promise of return? Are there not rather dreadful threatenings of permitting such to go on to final apostasy? It is easy to throw yourself headlong from the pinnacle of the temple, but you cannot keep yourself from falling without a miracle. Our hearts are like spring locks. They will shut by themselves, but will not open without a key. Augustine said, It is no commendation to stand on the pinnacle, but to keep our standing and not to fall when we are in such danger is. Device 19. Satan will endeavor to keep any wounds that the Spirit has inflicted upon the conscience of any poor soul raw and smarting. It is true, Satan is not able to afflict immediately and really the conscience of a man any more than he is able to comfort a man's conscience. As it is God's prerogative to know the heart, so it is to afflict and comfort the heart. But Satan may help to keep the wounds raw by disturbing the fancy, 
and filling them with horror and terror. He may shake and rattle the chains, though he cannot put them on upon any poor soul, and thereby keep them from the comfort which is their portion. Therefore, when terrors so frighten as to prejudice all medicines, we may suspect the hand of Satan in them. Device 20. Satan draws aside the soul to some sin when it is in the pursuit of some great mercy or near the enjoyment of it, that so either their hands may be weakened in the pursuit and give over through the apprehension of their own guilt, which always weakens confidence, or else may help to spoil the sweetness of it in the enjoyment. Thus, when Israel was nigh, the enjoying of a great blessing, the land that God had promised upon the borders, they fall to murmuring by their hearkening to the spies who had brought an evil report upon the land. Numbers thirteen thirty-two to 33. It is a land that eateth up the inhabitants, and the people that we see saw in it were men of a great stature, and there we saw the giants. So that hereby they neglected the duty and set the mercy at a low rate, so that those who are beggars and expecting any great mercy need to be watchers too. That was episode 16 of The Wiles of Satan by William Spurstow.